Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. And I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. This week, we talk and hear big updates from James. I'm not going to give it away, so you guys have to listen at least for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> and then we we kind of take it from there to tie it all back into radical acceptance and talk about fears some more, how we unravel fears, how we bring self-awareness to our emotions. And we talk a little bit about concept and idea of responsibility, being responsible for your own lives. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another week with Startup Struggles. I will start this week just jumping right in. I have some very big news. I am starting, well, by the time you hear this, I'll have started my new job. I'm not really calling it a job because a job feels very, sounds boring. So I told Sean that I got a paid apprenticeship to learn the art of influence and persuasion, aka sales. So I've, I've decided to restart my career in a way and try out the sales team. And I joined a energy company called Voltus. So I'll be starting Tuesday as pretty much cold calling and learning how to speak with operators at different utility companies and manufacturing companies that use a lot of electricity and work with them and try to get the, uh, set up a meeting with them and stuff. So very entry level position. But what I love about it is that it is very straightforward. I know exactly what my goals are. And I think that's what's very appealing to sales. It's You know that you have a set quota and you know what you're supposed to do day in and day out. And I think it, it's, it's very mundane if I think about it in that sense, but it's really clear to me. And I haven't had a very straightforward job in such a long time, so I, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm also very excited to go into energy industry. I think our time period now that we're living is going to bookmark the beginning of the change from old tech to new tech. And I think it starts with energy and how we use energy, how we store it. It's a really interesting industry to go into. And that's why I chose to go in here. So pretty pumped. Got a lot of big changes coming up. The biggest thing is trying to fit into you know, I have a process, I have a writing process, I have a morning routine, and trying to figure how to work a job into the process that I have. Where I'll speak most about next week is what I've done in the first week to to adjust to the schedule. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that's my big update. <laughs> nice. I think the first week, like you said, I'll just be email onboarding. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I set up my email. Yeah. <laughs> Set up Salesforce, got my credentials, <laughs> logins, <laughs> create a business card, things like that. They gave me a welcome email already. And in it, they listed out eight podcasts to listen to as homework. And they gave me a slide deck. And in the slide deck, there is just a lot of information on how to be a part of the company, books to read, things to start studying on, how to start learning more about the energy industry. So it's been good so far. I have a lot of tasks already lined up. That's exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. It's been a few years since I've been in a real company. Yeah. You know, any fears? Immediate fears? Oh, definitely. I think I'm afraid that, well, first, it's all about cold calls. It's a lot of cold calls. So a lot of the interviews that I've had, so I, I went through six rounds. And a lot of it was asking if I was ready and if I understood what this role was. Because I think most people who go into a sales organization, especially as an entry-level position, they understand that it's cold calling. So you're just on the phone all day. You're just trying to get someone to pick up the phone. You're trying to set up a meeting. And a lot of it was questions on whether or not I was prepared or if I knew what the job was. And as much as you can know what a job is going to be about, you can read the description. And of course, the answer is always, yes, I, I'm ready. But someone once asked me, are you scared? I was like, yes, of course I am. I'm really nervous. I'm really scared to pick up the phone call and get rejected. I'm really scared that someone's actually going to pick up. and I'm going to not know what I'm supposed to say. But the cool part about this role is the feedback. Sean, you talk about this all the time. You need feedback to be able to grow, to get to the next stage. And this job gives you feedback right away. If someone hangs up on you, if someone doesn't show up for a meeting, someone doesn't ever pick up, there's something that you can adjust. You're getting feedback every single phone call that you make. And while that is really scary, and I've never been in a role quite like this before, at the same time, I just like to think that fear and nervousness is the other side of excitement. So just trying to frame, I'm framing the fear as something that I'm looking forward to. Mm. No, that's great. You're absolutely right. I think one of the things I've been really noodling on a lot, or meditating on actually as well, is from radical acceptance. I think we touched upon this a little bit last week where we talk about sitting with fear. It's like a huge topic she mentions, right? Sitting with your fears. Some of my fears were around just inadequacy, like I'm not doing enough, like I could be contributing more, or I'm not doing my equal share of contribution in this family right now at this moment. And that fear is a fear of rejection or judgment, actually. It's initially of judgment, a fear of being judged. And then I would sit with that fear, as Tara Brock would say, like, just embrace it. Like, it's there. Don't try to deny it or bury it under the rug or blame myself for like, why are you thinking this? Absolutely. And I sat with it and I was thinking, okay, well, I have this fear of being judged right now. Well, who's judging me? <laughs> and that's the question that came up was like, well, okay, well, if you're afraid of being judged, being judged by who? Nobody's judging you. <laughs> I, I couldn't come up with a single name of anybody who was like openly judging me. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe they're judging me behind my back. That's my fear. Yeah. And you're like, how would you know? Yeah. <laughs> it goes to, you know, loving what is. Is it true? Can you know it's absolutely true? It's like, no, I, I can't. All right. Then like, as I sat more with that fear, I went a level deeper and deeper and deeper until I got to the core of it, which was feeling a fear of rejection or fears of abandonments or fears of whatever. And again, one by one, just sitting with it allowed me to realize that these fears were kind of built on top of each other and built on a house of cards. That's a saying. And that's what I realized. We have so many stories that we tell ourselves that are built on a house of cards, of fears. And this is not to say fears are a bad thing, just like I think I touched upon desire. You know, desire is a good thing. Right? You have a desire to eat, right? That keeps you alive. But if you have the over-desire to eat, then you become 
unhealthy. Same with sex, anything, right? Anything taken to the extreme is unhealthy or it's bad for you. Fear has its part. Like, I don't want to get eaten by a lion, so I'm going to run. <laughs> <laughs> so those things are good, but when taken to extreme or fear, you know, promotes growth, right? Fear pushes you to be like, all right, I want to overcome this. This is new. This is challenging. And so these are the things that I've really been working through. And that's why I kind of asked you that question is really just to hear your thoughts on it, on, you know, what are your current fears going into this new, um, new challenge? I think the another fear is similar to yours of, well, failure. What if I'm not good at this job? Or what if I can't pull my weight? And what if I don't hit quota? What if I'm so bad they fire me in the first six months? Yeah. What if? Yeah. And it's terrifying. But if we let the what ifs and the fears stop us from trying these different things, you'll never know. You'll only go to your grave wondering what if. Yeah. But if we just sit with it, just as a live example for listeners, we sit with it and just think about it. Okay. What if you fail? What's the worst case scenario? Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's just, you just figure out that it's not you. It doesn't fit you. No, that's what builds upon the nice thing. And I know I was watching, um, we didn't tell the audience yet, but I, I got COVID finally <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> I don't know when I got it. Actually, I don't even know how I got it, but I got it finally after two and a half years. And I was only sick for half a day, which is great. I'm really grateful that I got it when I got it, which is like, you know, I've been boosted. I have three of my shots and, and this variant, whatever B45 or A45, it's like, super mild now. More contagious, but very mild, right? Because that's the evolution of viruses. Like they don't want to kill the host. Like they they want to survive and they need you to survive so that they can procreate. And so it was literally like I've had colds worse than this. But I've had a lot of time on my hands just quarantining myself from the rest of the family. <laughs> and tying this back to the conversation, I was watching was a return to space. It was a documentary with Jimmy Chin. I just saw Jimmy Chin's name. He was a really amazing photographer, videographer, not videographer, what do they call the film people? Not producers, but filmographer. I was going to say filmographer, but uh, (laughs) I thought videographer sounded right. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) it was about SpaceX, the founding of SpaceX, and ultimately the subsequent missions, and a little bit about Elon as well. And I was just like, wow. I mean, this guy literally bet all his money on upending the status quo of NASA. Billion dollar projects. They spent, I think it was $350 billion in NASA over the decades. And they sent 350 astronauts to space. It was like a billion a person. Wow. That's a lot. It, it was insane. <laughs> and Elon was going to do it for like, or SpaceX, not just Elon, the SpaceX team was going to try to do this for a fraction of the cost, like one-tenth, one-hundredths of the cost. And their first three rockets failed. And everybody thought they were going to get fired and they're going to shut down. Elon was like, no, we're going to just double down and keep pushing on. Like They learned through failure. And that's, that was the biggest difference as to why the costs were so different between what NASA was doing before and what SpaceX was doing was that NASA was unwilling to fail. And so everything was tested mm-hmm. before they would send somebody up. And so they were extremely risk averse, extremely, extremely risk averse. But shit still happened. That's what's crazy. Like Challenger, I think it was Challenger that blew up. And like shit still happened despite all this like preparation. Whereas Elon was like, 
let's just keep blowing shit up until we stop blowing <laughs> shit up, right? Let's just keep blowing shit up to see and learn from those experiences. I mean, what I'm describing is nothing new to any of us, but... It's the startup way. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it that really got to me about just that spirit and how, sure, it's a startup way, but it's also, the, it's a human way. Yeah. This is how we, you know, learn to, to crawl before you walk. The only way to be good at something is by being bad at it first. Yeah. And we just, we see failure. We see all these things as such setbacks, as such bad things, but it's not. They're not bad at all. They're actually the way forward. Yeah. I think all success is underlined and paved through failure. No one has a success story without failing at some point. Oh, yeah. For sure. If, if anything, that's another book that I actually want to write a book about that. But if anything, going back to the to SpaceX story, if there's anything, it was what I found interesting was before they sent a person, I think it was a Dragon mission, before they sent actual people on their rockets, they had, I think, shot like absurd amount of rockets already successfully. And then to prevent and protect those people, they were just like, all right, if shit still fails, we're going to have an injection system to eject them out of there inject the top pod so that the rest of the stuff can explode. And I was just like, wow, why didn't NASA not think of that (laughs) before? I was like, it's such a no-brainer. Like, if you really care about these people, instead of preparing to make sure that you're reducing the the amount of air before you even try, why don't you actually think outside of the box, which is create another thing? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like NASA only plan to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. And SpaceX plan for failures. Yeah. SpaceX plan to learn from their failures. Yeah. Or maybe SpaceX, they plan for failure just in case it happened. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a discussion or bash on NASA versus SpaceX, but it's just, you know, what we're talking about before just reminded me of how we as human beings view failure. And, you know, a lot of things that we fail at are not anywhere near as catastrophic as yeah it's so trivial sending people right sure there are like certain decisions in life like i saw this kid today like i was driving this kid was literally like holding his phone riding his bike no hands on his handlebar he was just balancing just holding his phone in front of his face Uh no no like headset or anything just like literally holding his phone his other hand was waving around and he was on the road (laughs) i was like he wasn't even on the sidewalk. He was just like riding on the road. And I was like, dude, this kid's a death wish. But those are not things that you want to test with, obviously, with failure. But uh, I think most of us are so risk averse that we're even, we're mostly afraid to take like very calculated, low risk decisions. Yeah. The more that I read these types of books, like a lot of self-help books, I'm beginning to understand that there's no good or bad emotions. There are just emotions. Yeah, I'm just learning that too. (laughs) Yeah, whenever I was afraid of something or feeling angry or just like what we see now as bad emotions, being angry at something, throwing a tantrum or um, being depressed, being sad, those are kind of the negative emotions, right? But maybe it's not so much that these are negative emotions, they just are, but we just have negative reactions to emotions. We have positive reactions to emotions. Yeah, I like that. Negative reactions, negative stories, or yeah. we build a house of cards around that event. Yeah, 
Like throwing a tantrum when you get angry is a negative reaction. It's not a bad thing if you get angry, but it's only negative if you react poorly to it. It's like road rage. Yeah, this goes to another book that I've been reading uh, by Satguru. He's like a this Indian guru guy that I, I just really love this guy. He has a program called Inner Engineering, teaching you how to do Kriya Yoga and the meditation. It's like a three-day weekend course that I took think back in 2017. Mm-hmm. But he also wrote his book called Inner Engineering. And that's exactly what he talks about. He's like, you know, every human being has a responsibility. But what does that mean? What does responsibility mean? And I heard it a couple of times, but only until recently when I paired it up with this book and some of the things I've been pondering about, did I fully comprehend what he meant. And he was actually a lot more explicit in the book as well than the things that I've heard, you know, on YouTube from him. Mm-hmm. His definition of responsibility just means that you have the ability to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the point. It does not mean that you take action. That's a key that I unlocked from his understanding this time. If you see something happening, if you feel something, if you experience something, just recognizing that you have agency, that you have the ability to respond, the ability to make some choices and decisions. Again, it doesn't mean you have to act. Yeah. It's cool because that's saying that you have the ability to not respond. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I like that. And that's the one thing that we don't realize is that we think emotions, we think these things, they're happening to us, mm. right? Like from some external thing, like somebody like stabbed me or something, penetrated me. That sounds terrible, but uh, with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> but these things are all happening within us, right? Within you. And it's totally within your control. Now, obviously, this is what I've been really experimenting with this week. Like when I do get riled up about something, it's like seeing that kid. Mm-hmm. I got super worked up. I was like, dude, this kid's a fucking idiot. And he was Asian. That just made me double mad. I was like, <laughs> we were fucking parents. You know? <laughs> like, but then I go back and I'm just like, well, and I got kind of got upset at myself. I was like, why are you being so judgmental, Sean? You know, like, I, don't, I don't actually say this out loud, obviously. <laughs> But I thought this immediately. I caught myself. I was like, why, why are you being so judgmental, Sean? Like, why do you care? Who the fuck cares, right? Yeah. Why are you getting so worked up about this? Well, I'm getting worked up because I don't know why. I'm just like, I'm just like being judgy. It's like, okay, well, it's okay to be judgy. Everybody judges. Or sometimes I'll, I'll see like a dude. I'll be like, dude, this guy dresses like shit. I don't dress great, by the way, for any listeners. But I apparently have the right to judge how other people dress. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody does that. And we do that. And I realized because we want to figure out who do we want to associate and not associate with, potentially. That's one reason. Who do we want to like procreate with? Like that's a legitimate reason to actually have judgment, I think. Like dangerous, safe, lion, sheep. (laughs) And maybe I don't want to associate with that kid's parents. (laughs) Maybe. I I think they're idiots. but, But who knows? Like I don't know their situation. I don't know the circumstances. I wasn't a dumb teenager before. But... What I did catch myself on, and I was like, all right, how could I have responded better to that situation? And I realized, I caught myself, I realized I got really upset today because it all came down to me. Like his recklessness could have caused me to hit him and caused me to like be charged with manslaughter, let's just say, right? If I killed him. Mm. But then I was like, wait, Sean, you can just pay the fuck attention. So like, just pay attention right now as you're driving. Stop thinking these thoughts, you know, so you don't fucking kill somebody else. You know, like, don't hit anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I got to the bottom of that story real quick. Like I was really upset with him because I felt like he was actually endangering my life or he was putting my life at risk. You see? Interesting. I could care less about him. Like, like in reality, I mean, I care about him as a human being. I care about his well-being life. But I got so worked up, not because I care about his well-being or his future. Like, I don't give a shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just you. It was just about me. Yeah. But a lot of times, we want to externalize that. Like, I wanted to, like, I had all these thoughts. I was like, I was going to go back. I was going to, like, pull up some fucking Google photos of people, like, getting decapitated on the road from biking recklessly. Like, I was going to tell him, like, the intersection that he was about to, like, hit. I mean, the, the on-ramp for the, the toll road. Yeah. Most cyclists die on that on that on-ramp. Like, on that uh, on-ramp for cars because cars are just trying to go on and bikes are just going across, right? It's a terrible setup. Like, I was thinking, I was going to fucking go teach him a lesson, you know? <laughs> but once I got to the root of it, I could do that, but that wouldn't do shit. I'm doing that out of spite because of me. Yeah, to make yourself feel better. Right. If I really cared about the kid, and I really, that's just like, I would do it very differently. Hey, I would pay attention to where I'm driving versus like obsessing about his shit. <laughs> like, that's his business. How he wants to ride his bike. Like, I can't control that. That goes back to the whole like separation of tasks and like things like that. Anyway, it was very interesting unraveling of my own mind really quickly to make sure that I am responding or not responding to my own agency, but making sure I'm in check with myself. You know what, Sean, earlier you were saying, oh, I was thinking and you said, why am I being judgmental? And you're like, oh, I didn't say that out loud. I think it's okay. I talk to myself all the time. I like actually talk to myself out loud all the time. Oh, I, I do too. I was just kidding. It helps you kind of step back and view yourself from an outside perspective because you're talking to yourself and not just in your own head. I totally agree with that. Although like on that exact point, one of the things I realized that I've been trying to catch myself to stop doing is fucking berating myself for no fucking reason. Like just the language that I'm using. Yeah. Like Tony Robbins says like using F words and using strong language is, uh, is actually good. It's needed when you need to elicit strong emotional response, right? But I sometimes just catch myself being like, why the fuck did you do that, Sean? I'll say that out loud in the car by myself. I'll be like, did it really merit that kind of level? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't want to condition myself to be like, that's my immediate response to every fucking little thing yeah. that I do, right? Reserve that for, like, grave mistakes. Like, all right, like, Sean, don't fucking text. While driving. When Miles in the car. Fuck, don't fucking text while you're driving, period. But yeah. I was literally thinking yesterday, I was like, oh, I, I care so much about protecting Miles, right? But sometimes I'll like look at my texts when he's in the car. It's like, do you really care that much, Sean? Like, don't <laughs> fucking do that. Like, I'll reserve like getting mad at myself for that. Yeah. But it's like, oh, like you spilled some boba on your shirt. Fuck, Sean. <laughs> no, it doesn't merit that kind of response. Who the fuck cares? You know, it's funny. I, I think I would say in the last six months, I've gotten much better at not getting so angry at myself because the other day I dropped a plant. It was an avocado seed that was in a bowl of water and I knocked it off the shelf in my bathroom and it spilled water everywhere. And normally my reaction would be very like, oh my, you're such an idiot. Like, God, this is so dumb. Why did you fucking do this? Yeah. You see this thing every single day. Like, what's the matter with you? You know? Yeah. Can't you do anything right, James? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, you're so worthless. 
this is why you don't have a job and you know <laughs> you can't keep an avocado seed yeah yeah <laughs> but i think the work that we've been doing over the last six months of just loving what is being kind yourself separating out the reaction of there are times where you're gonna make mistake and it's okay it's not the end of the world everything's part of your your life i didn't even notice it actually I didn't even think about it. It just spilled everywhere. And I, and I looked at it and, and I just got paper towels and wiped it up. Two, three minutes, fine. But it's only until now that I realized when you're telling me the story, I'm like, oh, I've somehow improved a little bit in that and I catch myself. Because I guarantee you, if it was last year that I did this, something like that would have sunk me into something so low. It would have ruined the entire day and just... All of a sudden, the day is completely wrecked and you can't do anything right. Nothing is going to go right. The day is fucking shot. Just go back to bed, roll under the covers and be worthless. Yeah. Yeah, I think just even talking about it, even talking through this, it's really, it just changed a lot of my approaches to things. Not to say that tomorrow I might knock over a plant and then lose my shit. It just comes and goes, you know? There are some days where you can react well and other days where you won't be able to react as well as you want. But you just keep going and you kind of learn from that. But you never expect yourself to be perfect, perfect in how you behave and perfect in how you react. Yeah. I mean, this perfectly ties in with the responsibility, right? You have that ability to respond. You can respond angrily. You have that choice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Sometimes anger's normal. Yeah, you know, if the Wolverines lose and, you know, you knock over avocado juice and or whatever and you step on your cat, like, do three bad things in a row. Like, I mean, yeah. you can get you can respond angrily. I mean, that's totally fine and, and have your day ruined. I think that's the key thing is that understanding that you have this agency. You always have had, you always will have this agency to choose how you, I think you said it the best, how you react to your emotions. Yeah. The story that you tell. And it can happen at any time. So we always wait for the beginning of the week, the beginning of the month, beginning of the year to kind of change our behavior. But we can do this every day. Every day can be a a start to a different way that you want to react to something. And even if you reacted poorly yesterday or an hour ago, you have this opportunity now to react differently. Yeah. I forgot where I read this. Like, like I hate New Year's resolutions. Not, Not out of spite, but just... Remember reading somewhere it was like every day is a new day, every day is a new year. <laughs> That's true. It's like Groundhog Day. If you want to redo it, just redo it. Yeah. Even time. Time is like a human construct. Sundays to Saturdays or Mondays to Sundays, whatever your week is or the beginning of the year, it's a human construct. Yeah. So a lot of people talk about how, oh, like we're not meant to be working 40 hour weeks or eight to five and it's all made up and blah, blah, blah. But in a way, so is time. And if you're always waiting for another day or the next day or the next year or the next month, you're just waiting forever. You're waiting for a made-up beginning. Yeah, that's right. On that note, that's a good wrap for this week. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Really thank you for listening and we will catch you next week. Thanks, y'all.